0: What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today, for the first book of 2023, we've got Weave the Liminal, Living Modern Traditional Witchcraft by Laura Tempest-Zakroff from 2019. And this person, I mean, I think everybody pretty much knows who she is. Yeah. But if you're like, huh, I don't know, we did record a book, her sigils book, two years ago was it oh my god i have no idea how time works this is year five gross (laughs) it's so crazy so i i want to say it was two years back we did talk about that book loved it loved her style of writing and we said we have to come back and do another one and we did and i i don't know if this was recommended to us maybe i know it might have been recommended by me (laughs) okay (laughs) Because I know people also recommended other books of traditional witchcraft. So that's what I'm saying. Was this one of them? So it might have been. So anyway, we're doing this book. No surprise. We're in love with it. So let's just jump right in. So do we have a quote? Do we have a quote? Yes. What? Tell us. Tell us. Okay. So it's right from the intro and it's pretty big, but I just, I loved it. So. The modern traditional witch is not a follower. Instead, they are a pioneer of their own path. It is not an eclectic path, but rather a curated one, requiring you to consider and choose the elements carefully that define and make up your personal practice.
1: You're right. That is a good fucking quote. Right? There is something deeply sexy about your witchcraft path being a curated one instead of an eclectic one. Because I think, I think this book does such a great job of sort of synthesizing all of those problems that people have had with like neo-Wicca or like eclectic paganism in the past and making, and taking like what makes it beautiful, which is this solitary like personal path that's really attuned to your needs and also makes it, I don't want to say rational because like that's not how this shit works. But it, it makes it gives it a foundation to work on. Like saying this is curated gives
0: you stability. It gives you power. It, it you know, I think and for a lot of people, and she mentions stuff about this in the book as well, this idea of people saying, Well, you're not a witch because mm-hmm. you know, insert reason here and one of them could be like, Well what is eclectic Wicca? You just you know, a bunch of things are just thrown in, and when you say it's been curated, I-, I think that eclectic witches have done that. They have curated, but I think it's when you use words right, mm-hmm. choose your words carefully. What does mean curate. <laughs> <laughs> and she talks about that here too. Um, you're curating things. It's with purpose. It's with power. It's to yeah. make you a stronger, smarter kind or whatever kind of witch you want to be, when you curate it, it's your intention. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's no longer this idea of like, well, eclectic, I'm a little bit this, I'm a little bit that. No, you are one thing. And you have chosen things that are going to work together so that you can be the one thing, the one type of witch that you want to be.
1: That is, it's so funny that we're starting with this, because I actually have, I was thinking about this, like, Prior to recording, and I was like, oh, my God, I need to make sure I talk about this on the podcast. I don't know if it's going to make sense with the book, but like I just feel like the audience needs to. So like life update from Gemini, um, I've mentioned on the podcast like a bunch of times how I don't like intention and like I'm an actions kind of blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm really starting to like vibe with intentionality as like an actual spiritual practice. I'm like growing into it because I think this is the this is the kind of intentionality that I'm really interested in. This idea of curating this idea of like making the choices right that my energy is gonna follow the choice that I make and it's not so much about like never thinking the wrong thing it's about what am I putting my effort into so like maybe intentionality is cool actually mm. life
0: update I don't know we'll see <laughs> we live we learn we grow do we live we so, love we love <laughs> no no <laughs> So we go from the intro, unless you wanted to say something else, I was going to jump right into chapter one, the history of the modern tradition of witchcraft.
1: Yes, where Laura Tempest-Zakroff tells us that she did the thing that I desperately wish that I could have done, which is start a witchcraft tradition with, like, three friends in a house somewhere. Like, that's the coolest thing ever. I read that and I was like, damn, I am so jealous.
0: Well, what I liked about this is that in instead of talking about here's the history of witchcraft, here's the history of my witchcraft. Like, let me tell you about, she does tell you about the history, but she takes it through her lens, through her experiences. And I don't know, I'm the kind of person that if I'm going to learn from someone, I need that. I need those personal connections so that it makes sense to me. And she does everything from the Quakers to Golden Dorn, um, Crowley to Agrippa, I mean, she read about the Burning Times, feminist books, Gardner, Doreen Valiente, which is really where she said it struck a chord. And she also, did she say she shared a birthday with Gardner? She, yes. The book. She does, right? Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I loved is that she said that discovering witchcraft was like landing on like a magical, mystical island mm-hmm. that like she didn't even know existed. Yeah, and like you said, and then she joined something, not joined, she formed something in college.
1: It's just I just I wish that I had done that. i'm I want to go back in time and start a witchcraft tradition when I was in college. <laughs> it's giving cult leader energy, and we've talked about it. I want it so bad. I would be such a good cult leader. <laughs> what I really liked about this chapter was her discussion of modern versus traditional because I think you know the subtitle of this book is Living Modern Traditional Witchcraft, and I think that that kind of is inherently confusing it's like when um you're an English teacher it's an oxymoron yeah okay cool I wanted to make sure I was right it's the when they're the same it's like the opposites like a jumbo shrimp
0: yeah okay so
1: modern traditional oxymoron um but I think she does a really good job of explaining like why both needed to be there and sort of the respect paid to both living in the now right in 2019 when this book was written and further but also paying respect to what came before um and i think in like more of a holistic way
0: and less of a like i have
1: to do what gardner said kind of way
0: right you know i think i also felt a little jealous when i saw that she had this little pagan society that she had started and that it grew it went from a little society to like this huge thing yeah but i also think things work out in places when they're supposed to, I cannot imagine New York City in the '90s. People are so mean. I'm sorry. Yeah. This would not have this would not have worked. Anyway, um, but she says she's not interested in setting up an organized religion, but to see folks be invigorated and inspired to walk their own path and respect others. That's another quote. I think that's something else that's missing in. When you think about a lot of people in the past, this idea of empowering others, yeah, right? It's more about follow me, follow me, follow me. And she's saying, no, it's about, you know, we all come together, we all work together and everybody's empowered. And I think that's a very different way of looking at it and a great way of looking at it. I
1: really enjoyed her keys, um, the three keys for the to the mm. witch's path. So know yes. thyself maintain balance and accept responsibility I think are things you know I think we've seen similar things in other books and I think we've talked about similar concepts I like one I like being right but two I like seeing people um I like seeing people reference that in you know what what is ostensibly like an introduction book to her path it's nice to just remind people like hey you should probably do these things regardless of what path you're
0: on (laughs) they're important I think it's hard though. I think people I can see people getting stuck with these. Just because the first one is deep. Yeah. I think all right? three of them are deep. They are, but I kind of feel like if you've got the you've got number one down, number two and three then are things Easier. that you can work on. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't have one down, you know, that's really hard because just because the reasons people come to witchcraft i remember i knew somebody who said in the beginning of their book of shadows they had something that was that said why do i want to be a witch and they would update it every year that's awesome. and i thought yeah i was like well this is kind of cool and they said because i always want to be like like real with myself like why am i here why am i doing what i'm doing you know um yeah so I think the whole idea of like why are you doing any of this you really have to know yourself so I like that and then she goes on to who or what is a witch yes
1: and just for everybody there are these little moments at the beginning of the chapters at the loom and liminally liminally minded it is hard to say that word liminally minded um which are they're just kind of nice to sit with they're like you know metaphorical imagery kind of based vibes um and that's that's really it they're vibes Um, but they're cool vibes and like take a minute with that in the book like sit with it what is the vibe feeling for you how are you vibing with the vibe like that was fun
0: yeah one of the things that she made me laugh first of all I love the way she writes because it's it's no nonsense yeah she tells you little side things or little side comments it's like you're talking to a friend when you're reading this book.
1: Very and Every much time she so.
0: talks about the magic penis, it just <laughs> cracks me up. Yes. So I guess we should explain the, the magic penis. Yes, we should explain the magic penis. So the magic penis is kind of, like, throughout different mythologies, not just a Christian one. And she even says that Jesus was not the first. You have this idea of, like, these virginal births. You have these, like, magic penises, if you will, that are impregnating women without actually having sex with the women. And, like, this whole idea. And it's, it's the whole idea of the magic penis. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. And, I, I mean, it, it goes deeper
1: into this idea that, like, there was this historical concept in witchcraft of like oh well you're related to some special being right she talks about the nephilim um but she talks about other stuff too like we don't have to be related to some supernatural being we don't need the magic penis to be witches like you could just you could just be a witch you could just do it um you don't have to justify and she sort of brings that into like natural born versus made Um, and even says like if we look at this practice as a calling then why must being a witch be more special than any other vocation I was just going to mention that preach girl yeah like why does why do I have to be well okay I have to be special because I have like a lot of problems but like why does a witch have to be better than a nurse or a teacher or um, what are other people's jobs Um, a a businessman (laughs) a physicist
0: (laughs) (laughs) just well i'm gonna say it's because of hollywood right yeah hollywood has given you these witches and for better or for worse it's what people not everybody but some people are drawn to right they want to have this special title they want to feel special and that's where knowing thyself is a really good thing because if you don't feel special and you think that by being a witch now you're more special than other people well is that why is that why you want to be why don't you work on that then like work on yourself and i've said it before on the podcast go to therapy so
1: yeah. that you
0: feel good about yourself and then say to yourself and i'm not saying don't be a witch i'm just saying if the reason you want to be a witch is because your life is falling apart and you want to feel really special You need therapy and then witchcraft, not witchcraft. And she talks about in this chapter, participant versus practitioner.
1: As a practitioner is a person actively engaged in an art discipline or profession. A participant is a person who takes part in something. And like when I first read that, I was like, oh, I'm a participant. And then I had to go back and be like, no, 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 wait a minute. I am practicing, we are we are actively doing things there. But I think that that's like a thing that every witch needs to sit with, like where in that spectrum do you align? Because I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with every, like sometimes you're gonna be a participant in witchcraft and not a practitioner, right? There are lots of times where I have actively just been like, I'm like vibing, but I'm not really doing anything. Um, but that was a fallow time that allowed me to then come back better, um, or you know have grown in some way but like yeah sometimes you're not you're not a practitioner and that can be okay but if you don't want that to be it then like okay where are we going to make the changes to now be a practitioner instead of a participant
0: and I also want to mention something that she talks about which is to be a witch doesn't mean you're constantly like reading or taking a class or doing whatever mm-hmm. But witches are constantly or they're witches all the time in the sense that, yes, if I go outside when I go to my car in the morning, I look up because I want to see. I'm not necessarily looking at a book for the phase of the moon, but I'll look up and go, oh, we're here now. Or if I hear certain animals or if I see an animal, I do stop and go, did I just see them? Was this a message? Like we're, we're constantly in tune with different things. We don't stop. It's not like this is my witch hat. And now I'm going to do witchy things and go out into the woods. I yeah. could be walking my dog and, you know, I'll hear a crow and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I know, <laughs> you know, so, and I don't always hear them. So when I do, I'm like, I hear it. I gotcha. Thank you. So, but we do that. So that's also yeah. being, in, you know, a practitioner. You're not just participating. You are constantly, you have that, even if you're not always
1: A practitioner or something. It's that process of internalizing. Mm
0: -hmm. And, like,
1: you're going to internalize anything that you put a lot of energy into. It's it's how, like, a chef gets good at cooking, right? If you practice with ingredients enough, you become very good at, like, cutting those ingredients or mixing them together. Um, Artists become very attuned to, like, different uh, color combinations or shapes or that sort of thing. Like, you're not, you don't get good at stuff by not doing it. But right. once you've started doing it, it now becomes a thing that is just natural to you. You have internalized it. And that's, right. that's it, right? Like, even if you're not, even if you're a participant at that time, like, you're still utilizing all of the skills from the practicing that you did.
0: Yes, absolutely. She also makes it very clear that being a witch does not necessarily mean you are constantly spellcrafting. And I think we've yes. said this before on the podcast as well. It's like, I think I have done the most spells that I have done, I think, all year at the end of the calendar year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, yeah. I, you know, I could the whole year can go by and I'll do one or two things. And then the end of the year comes and I'm like, <gasps> you know, mayhem. It's like running to do different spells. Yeah. And I love it. I love my end of the year spells. It's wonderful.
1: I really enjoyed her discussion of what is a real witch anyway it's nice to have written out that hey guys who fucking cares who fucking cares if you're a witch you're a witch Merry Christmas like what and fair like I think we've talked about that a bunch but like yeah sometimes it's nice in a book to have it be like does do other people really matter do, does other people's opinions of the path that you take really matter no no they don't so you do you boo-boo
0: you know, and I'm just going to say it. It's taken me a long time to get there. But I am going to blame. Because <laughs> I know you should take responsibilities, number three. And I do take responsibility. It is me. And I needed to grow more. But I also think it's the time and place where I started mm-hmm. my witchcraft. My my non-cultural stuff. Like the stuff where like yeah. I had to go out and learn about stuff. I think that there was a time in New York City where, yeah... You're a witch, you're not a witch. But you know what? That's all of New York City. I don't know about now because here we go. See, it was just going to come out. I was going to say there's so many non-New Yorkers living <laughs> in New York City. You could tell because they don't know how to cross the street. So, um, so yeah, I think New York is very judgmental. The city's a very judgmental place. You just get used to it. You But also the state, way.
1: We're very judgmental in suburbia, too. You think? Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. 100%. Based on the amount of times that I go looking for tea, yeah, no, we're super judgy.
0: <laughs> I just think it's funny because when I moved up here, everybody's so into like, what do you drive? I don't care yeah. what I drive. Like, I'm I'm never going to spend a lot of money on, different on a car. Shit. Yeah, I am never going to spend a lot of money on a car because it's just ew. It's just yeah. not my. I wasn't brought up here. Maybe if I was, it would be different. But I hear well, people talking, no, and I'm I like, also, I'm not going to do right. that
1: you know i don't know i want to i want to backtrack for a minute because yeah i do i feel like i have to say this <laughs> like i'm not there yet either i just did a whole big thing for new years where i was like releasing um preconceived judgments and like stuff uh internalized stuff about myself that i'm like okay i don't i don't need these anymore they're holding me back but like i'm i'm not there yet either right like i'm sitting here reviewing books and like talking about witchcraft but i'm also still judging myself all the time Um, and part of the process of being a human being, not just a witch, is, like, learning and growing and dealing with your bullshit. So I'm learning and growing and dealing with my bullshit. And am I so much better than where I started? Absolutely. But there are still, like, I still have moments where I look in the mirror and I'm like, what the fuck did you just do, you dumb bitch? And then I have to take a step back and be like, no, we we talk nice to ourselves. (laughs) We have to be nice about it. You know? So, like. If you're reading this and you're like, yeah, it's really nice to be told that I can do whatever I want, but I still feel that I can't. Yeah, I mean, you're going you're to feel that sometimes. Um, and you mentioned this quote, and I also underline this quote. We can bitch about what we don't like to see, or we can actually do something productive to provide a better example. And part of that is doing it for yourself. You can be afraid of stuff and still do it.
0: Yeah. J- just do yeah. it anyway. Yeah. I was going to say something, but I was like, nah, yeah. Okay, but say it anyway. (laughs) Well, I think that what we're seeing now in our community, and when I say our community, I'm talking about the lower Hudson Valley, and Mm -hmm. people are going to think that, you know, Amy has us under a spell or something because we mentioned (laughs) Moon Serpent and Bone so much. But we love that market, and we love... To see, I mean, there are markets that are happening that are not right here. And I love yeah. to see witches getting together and having markets where, you know, I didn't even know you existed. Oh wow, you have a shop or you do the side of your house, or you know, it, it's a great way for us to network. And it's really interesting because she talks about it here where she says being in a coven is not natural. Yes. Oh my god, I loved and that so much. I loved it too. And she said the witch would leave her house and maybe Maybe. She'd participate with other people, other witches, or if there was something that needed to get done. I think about Mm -hmm. Catland inviting everybody to, you know, hex the Supreme Court or something, right? When you need us, we're there. We will travel. We will go. Now we don't have to travel. We can do things online. But, you know, we go. And then everybody goes back to their homes. And she talked about that, and I was like, yes. I think that is the purpose. And I think that I see, I just agree with her with the whole thing, with covens just not being natural. And I know we've had our ups and downs as as people, not as a podcast, but as the people. <laughs> yes.
1: The ones. Well, and I've,
0: I've said on the podcast that, like,
1: my personal opinion is that covens suck. And the only yeah. reason our coven works is because it's, like, a fake coven. It's, like, we hang out and we talk to each other and we, like, enjoy doing witchcraft, but it's not like we have to do witchcraft together all the time or, like, right. you know, there are rules or regulations. Like, it's... It's it's a fun coven. We're like a cool coven, you know, and like, that's fine. I like that energy. We're a convention in the way that uh, Laura describes it, not a coven in like the traditional sense.
0: Yeah. And the idea of. You know, I just she talks about, you know, you want to have your own strength. You want to be different from everybody because we don't have to follow anybody. So why the hell are you going to start with now we got to celebrate in which way? No, I'm going to celebrate it my way. You go home, right? So I like that. But anyway, path of your own making. She talks about that. We just talked about what it is to be authentic. And let's talk
1: about rights, because I thought it was a cute little acronym. But it also is kind of like, first of all, explaining the foundation of modern traditional witchcraft for her, but also like a really smart way to look at your own path creation. Um, Yes. So for those of you who haven't read, it's roots inspiration, time, environment, and star. And most of these kind of make sense, right? Roots is like, where where are you from? What's your heritage? Um, inspiration is like, what are the things that call to you? Time is a good one. And I feel like not a lot of people reference that. But like, hey, what do you literally have time for? What does your calendar literally allow you to budget for? Like, what where is this going to fit? Um, environment is where are you now? And how is that affecting you? And then star is your own internal compass. And I'm not going to lie. When I first read writes, I was like, this is a, this is a kind of a dumb acronym, like star, all of these words make sense. And then star, but then you read her description and you're like, oh no, this makes a ton of sense. It is that sort of, you know, Polaris moment inside of you of like following your actual,
0: your actual path. Yeah. Absolutely. So, are we going to go over all of them? Do we need to?
1: I don't know if we need to. I think, like, personally, if you, you should all read the book and, like, take a minute. She has, like, research suggestions with each one, which I think are very helpful. Um, But I think each one, like, we're all pulled to different parts of this acronym, right? So, like, for me... We She put in time and I was like, this is the smartest fucking thing anyone's ever written. And so that's the thing that really drew me in. And I was like, oh, I really want to contemplate time. For somebody else reading this, they're going to be like, oh, shit, roots. <laughs> I need to start with my roots.
0: The one that really struck out to me was schedule. Because mm-hmm. aside from the time, she also talks about your body's clock, understands yes. your body's clock. And then, so the social schedule... Right, your commitments, whether it's work, friends, family, then your body's clock, understanding how that affects the social schedule, like everything f- uh, affects everything. And then the lunar mm-hmm. cycle, how does that affect your body, which in turn affects, right? The solar seasons, yeah. again, that definitely affects us. I saw somebody posted on Instagram how many days there were until the sun sets at 7 p.m. And the meme was like, somebody needs to hear this. And uh, I said, me, me. I'm the one who needed to, I and I actually message this. them, I because I I can't take the dark anymore, it's just mm-hmm. too dark all the time, so, you know, that gave me hope, like, oh, the sun won't set till seven, wow, what a concept, right, yeah. even though we know that time is moving in our favor now with light, but it doesn't feel that way, so, and, the, and then the schedule of feast days, so we go through all these things, and to me, that was the one that really hit home, because it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't think we think of that. We think of them as separate entities, but really they all affect each other. So that was great. I thought that was really good.
1: Yeah, I think time really plays well with our last book of last year, Year of the Witch. I think that going from that to this, was it, it just made narrative sense because we okay. just sat down and was like, okay, what days really matter to us? What are our seasons? And then to say, okay, well, what is that, look like in your practice now it's not just okay we're celebrating what does that mean for you as a witch it it, it was a very convenient transition and i appreciated that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it was nice so she also talks about you know the idea of witchcraft and witches being seen as dangerous yes and she says it takes just one witch to make a difference and that's why witchcraft is dangerous in a good way, right? She's making a difference to other people, to the planet, to society. And, you know, yeah. I mean, who's not afraid of a woman who wants to speak her mind and know something? Preach. Then we get to the witch's craft. And I really liked this because I think for a lot of people, they're gonna think, well, her craft is, she does spells, she does herbs, she has divination. And here's what she said, observe and obscure, listen and speak, change and rest. And we can go over them. But that's what the witch's craft is, right? Mm -hmm. So it's about observing things because that's when we reveal um, and divine, right? We can make choices. We can kind of suss things out obscure not everything has to be made public we don't have to tell everybody what we're doing or what we're thinking yeah if you want to get something done you don't necessarily call a lot of attention to what you're doing listen and speak
1: have you noticed that what i feel like it's all over instagram right now where everybody's like move in silence don't tell anybody do your shit and don't publicize it like i I don't feel like that was a thing that we were normally seeing around the new year um but uh, it's been everywhere. And, like, I love it. I respect it. I love that we're moving in this way. But I do think it's, like, a big change from that sort of, like, influencer culture of, like, I need to publicize everything I'm doing. Like, I'm seeing a lot of people be like, nah, I'm keeping my shit to myself until it's done.
0: I mean, my mother always said, Never. if you want to ha- do something, you should not tell people before you've done it. Like, you should do the thing. You know? I'm, I'm um, really bad at that she feels like the energy, not everybody has your best interest, right? Everybody's Mm -hmm. energy can come back and like thwart your plans. So don't tell people. As far as Instagram, you know, I feel like this all started when Roe versus Wade went out the window with like, Mm -hmm. you know, don't have menstrual apps on your phone. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you don't want to tell people if you are, if you're not menstruating, what's going on so they can track you. And again, it depends on the state, But I think that people started thinking about apps differently. And then this whole thing with TikTok and what's happening with maybe it's going to get banned. Right? So I think people are realizing, like, what am I doing at the end of the day? And there are still people that are boohooing about it because they want to be influencers. And I feel bad for those people. But I, I, I agree. I don't think that you should be telling everybody everything. Just like when I see people on social media, like, I'm on a plane and I'm like, oh, your house is empty. Yeah. why are you telling people that? Yeah. You know? We should rob people. Oh, here we go. (laughs) I mean, I never cared because, you know, I have pets. So, and especially when I had little Chango, it was like, people who wanted to come house sit didn't want to deal with the dog. The dog sitter just wanted to dog sit. Like, there was always like...
1: Yeah, let me just clarify to the audience. I obviously don't really want to rob people. So, like... The one FBI agent that listens to us. Don't come to my house. It's a joke. Go to her house.
0: Go to her house. No, I don't know if a she's joking. Baby.
1: There's a baby. Stop it. <laughs> Do not get me swatted. We're not that popular.
0: <laughs> All right. What else? Listen and speak. So listen to understand. She says a lot of people listen just to see what the person is going to say so they can respond. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why don't you just listen? Just listen. And when you speak, you know, speak to guide and instruct. In other words, watch your words, measure your words, speak with intention.
1: Oh, another life update from Gemini. I don't remember. I don't remember how time works. Right. So I don't know what year or when this was that we talked about it. Um, But somebody mentioned it in the Yule Surprise when I was like, what's your favorite moment of the podcast? Somebody was like, "Uh, I just like to talk shit. I just sometimes I just want to talk shit. Um, and like, yeah, no, listen, sometimes I just want to talk shit, but I, in 2023, I am making like a conscious, it's not like a new year's resolution, but it's like a conscious decision to like do that less. So like less, more, more speaking impeccably and less talking shit, um, less listening for information just to sustain me on gossip and more like being a decent person, I guess.
0: Okay, so let's talk about gossip for a second. All right. So gossip is how people got information out. I think about specifically my culture.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I think specifically during times when going back, right? You have this music, Bomba en Plena, and it has African roots And it was a way to get information, not gossip, but information out, right, through a song Mm -hmm. to other towns so that people knew what was coming. But then you also had gossip. You had the women who were able to, God, I think about Cuba, um, thwart plans because the women were talking and they could tell somebody and they could tell somebody else. Like, you know, there's a lot in my culture about gossip And it seems like it's only bad because women are doing it it's like a woman thing and we have to ask ourselves what was the first intention of gossip and how is gossip used now and a lot of times it's used between individuals that don't have a lot of power but somehow getting information about people in power to other people one can make your situation feel better two again can thwart those people in power so yes, all of this is a, a yes. So I'm just saying, like, I think about the gossip that you tell me about things. And all I can say is it doesn't seem gossipy. We don't sit there and go. To me, bad gossip is, did you hear that so-and-so's husband's cheating on her? <gasps> I always knew he was cheating on her. She's such a bitch or something like that. Right. Th- so Really think about the stuff that we gossip about. It's less that and more. Stuff that actually will affect us or can affect other people, not in power. So I'm just going to say, though, it is important for our listeners that,
1: like, you you really should think about that. Because, yes, when I gossip about some things, I'm like, hey, yeah, this is just me passing along information. And can you believe this information that I have? Um, But sometimes I don't feel good when I do it. And so those are the times that I need to actively, like, hey... Let's not do that. Right. Like, he, uh, I think about the way that Laura tempest Zacroff talks about it as, like, listen to understand. And, like, sometimes I'm listening just to get something. The tea. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's that doesn't always feel good. That sometimes right. feels, like, very manipulative. <laughs> and not that yeah. I don't love to be manipulative, but, like, we're going to... We're going to not do that as much because, like, now I have a kid and I don't want them to internalize that. So we're going to get rid of the bad gossip and we're going to keep the good gossip. Yeah, don't worry. I'm still going to tell you stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I I only like the good gossip. Like, I always feel badly for people. And and I just think it's interesting that we lump everything together. But when you really look at some of the roots of some cultures' gossip, where it comes from – you realize why some gossip is necessary, right? We're not always told everything we should be told. So we get bits and pieces about things. You know, if it affects you... I think if we think about
1: it, it's probably all cultures are coming from the same place because gossip is overwhelmingly demonized because it's a woman thing. And, like, women in all cultures pretty much had no power. (laughs) Yeah. For a while.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, some of the biggest of the bad gossip kind are not women but we get it you know we have to take that because what people are going to think about women anyway let's keep going three rules of living and they can apply to magic i like it take care of yourself take care of others don't be a jerk that's it don't be a jerk it's easy she then goes on to spell crafting and i like the definition the application of magic through the means of a formula. Boom. I love that definition. Right? Love it. I mean, it's accurate. It's just, it's perfect. I love it. She even says that for some witches, it can be the equivalent of prayer, right? Yes. Except that prayer is asking for outside help, whereas when you're doing a spell, you realize it's your power, right? You're doing it. So that's the only difference.
1: Referring to it as a formula, I think, is really in line with what we do for sit and spell. Because it's mm-hmm. about, like, what are the pieces that you can put together unless here is a pre-designed spell that you need to replicate to be successful. And I think that mm-hmm. that also is, like, very in line with the theme of this book, which is, like, you can do whatever the fuck you want.
0: <laughs> yeah. She also includes common spells with examples. And it's the first time I've yes. ever seen it written like that. And I thought it was brilliant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the book right now and just being like, sometimes you you get a book, sometimes we get a book for this, and I'm like, hey, this is great. And like, this is one of those moments where it's like, this is a unique take, and I just really like it. I just like it. I think the examples are done in a way that, again, is very similar to that sit and spell thing where it's like, I could change any part of this and still function with the type of spell that she's talking about. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, She says magic is not a band-aid. Right? It's not about an easy fix. I like that. And then she talks about the crux of cursing. Yay! And one of the things I like that she says is that energy is neutral. What happens to this energy is up to people to decide whether it's good or bad, and it's true. I mean, nature can be good or bad. So it all depends on who it is, right? We need a lot of rain. You hope for a lot of rain. Nature gives us a lot of rain. Yeah, maybe the plants are feeling good, but now the roadways are flooded and people are dying. So was it bad that it rained? depends on who you ask. And sometimes, like, you don't always know if a thing is
1: bad to another person. Because, like, you can wish – I could I could go out there and wish just complete and total harm on somebody. And it turns around and they, like, come into a bunch of money and get a big new house and get a big new job. And I'm like, well, fuck, that didn't work. But they're miserable and they, you know, don't see any of their family anymore. And they're super busy and stressed out. And, like, that's bad for them even though to me it looks like they just won the lottery.
0: Right. So harming, cursing – there's a lot of factors in there, yeah that you have so to everybody she should talks be about willing that. to do it, yeah, she says magic follows the past path of least resistance, yeah it's very
1: like um, like when you make a wish with a genie and you're supposed to like phrase it really, really specifically because otherwise the genie will just do like something similar, but not exactly right. what you wanted, like that's the vibe. It's like if yeah. you're not. If you're not impeccable with your words, if you're not speaking like the witch's way, yeah, it's going to take a path of least resistance and it might not be what you wanted. <laughs> exactly.
0: And then, of course, words have power. <laughs> she talks about altars. She talks about casting circles or rectangles, anything you like. Uh, the seer, yeah. the witch has an oracle exploring the liminal. And I'm not sure where you want to. I
1: really want to lean into that this year. Wow. Being oracular. Okay. I just feel like, I feel like it aligns really well with like Hellenismos and also is a thing that I really like. So it's just like, you know, that's a thing that I'm telling you guys. I'm, I'm leaning into being more oracular this year. I don't know what okay. that means or how I'm
0: going to do it, but I'm doing it. And then she talks about the gods. You don't need them. Yeah. Ooh.
1: Do you know what felt really funny? Remember year one when we were like, does secular witchcraft exist? Yeah. Year
0: five, you don't need gods. <laughs> you could do whatever. Okay, but see, but that's the whole point. I mean, if we're not growing and changing by one, just our practice, two, discussing it on the podcast. And the yeah. more we read, because we're reading these books, like... Yeah, I think that's the whole point. I think if we stayed yeah. the same, I don't know that we'd be able to keep going. It's re- it's really nice to to yeah. have those moments,
1: like, together, but also in general as a person, where you, like, sit back and you're like, oh, I have fundamentally changed and improved. And that's great. And this is one of those
0: moments. You know what's funny? At the end of the year, I used to go back and listen to the podcast from like because we have a break so like when I'm doing things in between doing things I would listen yeah I can't go back to year one there's no way I can go back to year one now it's like I don't want to hear it at all no but yeah but it's there um but the other thing I like is that she compared witches and gods to relationships like witches don't need gods to be a good witch yes. just like you don't need to be in a relationship to be happy and then she was like yeah I said it like I, I equated these two things she's right like I like that
1: I think the analysis is spot on in a couple of ways because first of all I like when she mentions that a lot of people think that they need to be in a relationship so they hop from relationship to relationship instead of doing like the internal work and I think we have a similar problem in witchcraft where like people think you need to have a deity so they just pick a deity and then you end up with shit where it's like you know I've complained about it before, like teenagers who work with like 15 different gods from all different pantheons because like I'm just collecting them like Pokemon cards. And and you can do whatever you want and don't take this as judgment because I'm, you, again, it doesn't matter what I think, but also like you don't need a deity. You don't need 15 deities. You can just do whatever. <laughs> um, and I, I liked her discussion. I think this is at this section of like, she doesn't worship deity she works with deity because i think that that was also a callback to sort of the beginning of the year um and it really made the beginning of the year beginning of the podcast year one um but it really made me sit down and think about like okay well where is my practice now because i remember saying that when i was like i'm a secular witch i don't use witchcraft with my hellenismos and i think that's still true i don't think that's untrue but i think I think that now it's – I'm almost like more religious than I was. Mm. Um, And that almost – it's like I do less witchcraft because I'm doing more religion, which is not a thing I expected, to be really honest with you. (laughs) Like not a thing I thought I was ever going to come on the podcast and say.
0: Well, but again, and she talks about it. So much of being a witch is not necessarily – Right? Doing rituals yeah. and doing spells yes. and all that. So, even though your Hellenismus is not tied to your craft, it, it, you know, your spirituality, though, probably helps your craft. Yes. So, yeah, I, I think that it's, yeah, I think we all have to do different things. I mean, for me, when I think about uh, you're one of the podcasts to now, I know. I'm a definitely more spiritual spiritual witch Mm -hmm. um and just to take what we did from last year's you know i'm giving myself permission to go i'm not doing that anymore i don't feel like it one of the things that she mentioned in the book that i thought was great because i think that for so many of us it's been ingrained is this idea that you need a god and a goddess you need both Mm -hmm. you need the masculine you need the feminine she's like okay first of all masculine and feminine they're in all of us so yeah the gods can be anything of any gender that you want you don't need two you don't need you don't need any but if you're gonna have any why do you have to have two and why do you have to worry about their gender like why don't you just worry about what's the connection and relationship that you're building with them and not say to yourself oh this person's this gender or this god is that gender and just flow with whatever you have, and I hate to say it, but I might be, you know, cleaning house here a little bit. I want the tea. Yeah.
1: I, if it doesn't happen on the podcast, I want it after the podcast. Um, but I think that, I think that she makes a really good point about that, as well as like, hey, there's there's both in you. You have feminine right. and masculine energy, and I think right. we've talked about this before, but it's just a nice thing to like revisit, because I think. I think in a lot of pagan paths it can be very binaristic even when it is metaphorical and like a spiritual concept and like I'm a I'm a cis woman I'm like very femme um but that doesn't mean that I can't also find in myself masculine energy and I think that if more people took the time to find both then you wouldn't have so much of this like, well, I need a goddess and a god. I need a representation of both. Like, you don't need a representation of both. You're a representation of both.
0: Right. But I think it's going to take people a long time to realize yes. that, you know, we're not... I-, I think it's becoming more, it's getting more into the consciousness of people to realize, mm-hmm. it's like... Your genitals don't have to define you. Like what happens, you 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 are like you said, you're both. You could do anything, and you know if we just let that go and do the things that we enjoy, you know, if you want to get your nails done and your hair done and be very fem and you enjoy it, just do it. And if you don't, just don't, and don't worry about what your assigned gender might be and what people are gonna think about it because. Let them evolve as well, because you know it's, we're all here to be free and happy.
1: I'm gonna be like honest on the podcast. Um, I remember years ago when I was first like learning about transness and trans ideology. I like didn't I didn't really get it, but very much for the opposite reason of most people, because I was so comfortable with the idea of like masculine and feminine energy in everyone that I was like, oh, I don't, but you you are like everybody is you don't have I don't understand if you could be you are both you don't have to be different you could be both and it took me a while to be like oh first of all other people are not raised have not learned that like don't come up in a society where they're like oh yes everybody gets to be both like some people have very strict gender ideology which whoo that threw me for a loop but also like because I saw myself so much as both, I didn't see that, like, there could be discomfort in one or the other. And it was, it was like a, yeah, it was a very weird (laughs) process because I think so much the gender conversation is the gender binary doesn't need to exist, but it's like, you also can be too far in the other direction to be like, yeah, no, everybody has a little bit of everything, but like, also people need to be what they are comfortable with and like who they are
0: right
1: it was interesting because laura talks specifically also about like how she was so gung-ho about like just the divine feminine vagina energy everywhere but as time went on she realized you know hey i can be both i can allow masculine energy in as well and i think that you know both is important why not both
0: I mean, but I think it's it's up to everybody to decide, you know, if you want to yeah. be all vagina energy, then go for it. Like, I think you have to go with what you feel inside. I, I just think yeah. if I think it's hard sometimes for people because we don't know how we feel inside because we've been instructed. Yes. You know, I think if we did get rid of binary pronouns and everybody just went by they there, then we can feel ourselves out and go, you know what, though? I really am feeling that she her energy today or I really am feeling that he him energy today. I don't think that we've ever been given permission uh, societally to explore these different things, to even know. I think that's why some people struggle because they're like, why am I weird? You're not weird. You're actually exploring things and now you've decided this thing, you know? okay two things one
1: yeah. I don't remember the name of the book I'm gonna have to like post it on Instagram or something but it's this book series that is so good um but it's like this um it's Asian inspired I want to say Chinese I'm not entirely sure but basically until somebody hits like puberty they are completely like non-gendered like gender neutral they 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 them um you know no they like totally net just not even contemplating gender and then they get to choose when they hit maturity like what direction they want to go in um and there's it's it's really good there's these twins in it it's i'm not going to spoil it because it's really good i'll post it on instagram um but i think that this whole conversation is this book right we i (laughs) before we started recording we were talking about how this is kind of like an intro book um, and I said, like, I'm done with intro books. I don't want to read intro books anymore in year five. But I think this book does such a great job of synthesizing and putting together all of the stuff that we were talking about last year of like giving yourself permission to do shit. So this is almost like the intro book for someone like us who has been doing this for so long to then be told, yeah, here here are the ways you can do it for yourself. Here are the ways that you can follow your own shit. Like, you don't have to do something that someone else told you to do. And here's a whole fucking path that lets you do whatever works and whatever feels right. And so it's sort of, it's weird because it's like, yeah, this is an intro book. She's explaining to you what modern traditional witchcraft is, but at the same time, it's very much (laughs) a manifesto on personal practice and what does
0: that really look like for a witch and i think we can only get there because it's a book from 2019 yeah i do want to emphasize though something that every single writer that we have read talks about is the past and she tells us what she has read you can't get here I think by just reading these books, I, I, I still am going to go back and say some of the earlier books, the ones that are so problematic, <laughs> both by what they say and who has written them and their past. and they, But we wouldn't have the witches we have today if we hadn't read those things, which were revolutionary during their times, and then yeah. been able to come to our truth now of who we are as a society and as a people and as witches now. They were going to be so different. But anyway, she says her rituals are largely unplanned. And I wanted to talk about that for a second. Ooh, yes. So, so are mine. So, I've Mm -hmm. realized that I am more present when I just say to myself, okay, so I, I make witch balls for the holidays, and I haven't done them in a long time. So, I did them this year. And all I knew was what I wanted the intention to be. And then I got all my ingredients. I put them on the table, this table right here in the office. I cleared off my computer and whatnot. I put them all here. And then I just kind of got in the zone. And she says when it's unplanned, she can enjoy it. She can get into it. And it's true. I didn't have anything that I was following. I didn't have a recipe book. I hadn't written something ahead of time. I would just pick up an ingredient and, you know, I'm a word witch. So I just, how could I rhyme this with? What's the intention Mm -hmm. of this thing? And while I'm doing that, I'm having a grand old time. I'm listening to music in the background and I drop the things in and I pick up the next ingredient and I decide how many scoops of this and how many of that and what I'm doing. And at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I am so happy and my witch balls go off with so much love because it wasn't this, okay, so now you take this and you put the, no, no, no. Like I'm gonna feel my way around. Like this is what we need for this and we need a little bit of that and you know.
1: Yeah. Everything I do is made up. So even if a ritual is planned, I planned it. So like I'm, I've never once done somebody else's spell or somebody else's ritual.
0: Oh, no, I have no idea how anybody else does their witch balls, to be honest with you. I've never looked. I know I I read about what they were and I was like, oh, my God, I want to do that. But I never looked up like what should go in it. Yeah. I was just going to say, the only thing that I think I follow a particular thing is going to be the candles, like the way Amy does them, but not like the way Amy does them, because Amy's are beautiful and mine just look like blech. But when I've done my seven day candles, like I am going to use a sigil, either I've created a sigil or I know this is a sigil that works as a seal that works for something Then I'm going to use that. I'm going to use all the steps that are used that I have been taught. Mm -hmm. That's the way. But... Again, I don't have anything in front of me. I just know this is the way, so I follow those steps. I think that's the only yeah. thing that I can honestly say. I follow the exact steps. Candle magic to me is, like, it's very specific.
1: Yeah. I think there's something powerful about being called magically, mm. right? And I think that's kind of the vibe of, like, I don't plan my rituals, which I just did in air quotes, is, like, the energy is calling me to do the thing. Right. I would like to quickly talk about The Practical Witch um, because there's a section in here that I really enjoyed about A Witch's Guide to Essential Etiquette, which was originally posted, originally published in Llewellyn's 2019 Witch's Companion. Yes. Loved this. First of all, because like, listen, it's hard to be in community, especially she talks about the fact that like witches are more of a convention people. Like we're just kind of all showing up as individuals trying to make it happen. There are some very helpful tips in here. Some that I wish maybe had been more popular in like the early two thousands. Don't piss on the seedlings; they become trees. It would be you should be nice to
0: baby witches. Well, let's let's go through them. So the first one is your yes. word is your worth. Be true to your word. And yes, one hundred percent. If you you can't do something, do not overcommit. Yeah. Uh, then you said, don't piss on the ceilings, they become trees. Yes. You don't know who anybody is. Everybody's on a different part of their journey. Yeah. And I've known witches, one in particular who's calmed down a lot, but she used to always have to, like, show how she was in charge. And, like, she was the... And mm-hmm. i go, like, relax. Like, it's all good. Like, no one's saying you're not good. Because she also says trees can be felled. Like, yeah. Which we've Somebody seen. Else, we've seen it. Yeah.
1: We've seen like, people get too big for their britches and then disappear.
0: Yeah, well, that means people are going to be stuck with us because we never think that much of ourselves. We're not. We're not no, going anywhere. I'm.
1: I'm a weed. Are you kidding me? I'm a dandelion, and I'm comfortable with that shit. If you If you try to f- cut me down, I'm just going to blow seeds everywhere, and there's going to be forty of me.
0: Ah. <laughs> oh. Actually, if anybody tried to cut us down, we'd be like, why are you bothering with us? (laughs) Yeah, like, we're we're, we're nobody. (laughs) What are you doing? We're just people.
1: What are you doing? (laughs) Um,
0: Um, The same plant can
1: heal or harm, depending on how you interact with it. Which, like, yes.
0: I mean, so much yes. Just the two of us, yes. Depending on who (laughs) you are, how we talk to you. (laughs) I'm not talking about people we don't know. People we don't know, we're nice to. We're always super nice to people. No, I love but... all of you. That I, if you
1: don't interact with me on a daily basis, I love you. If you are forced to interact with me, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> oh my god, no! But it's like you definitely know. And what's great is, I've started to figure out when you really don't like somebody because you're hard. Like Gemini. Oh, I'm a can just... I'm a liar. Yeah. She is such a fake. Sometimes you know. Unfortunately <laughs> for me, sometimes. All the time. What? Oh, stop. I'm always a fake. <laughs> and then me, everything's on my face. Yeah. Everything is on my face, which is why when people say, Well, Scorpio, why'd you leave early? Because it was time to go. <laughs> because you didn't want to see what would happen yeah. if I stayed. If you don't, if I don't want to be clarify. there.
1: I'm not a fake. I'm just confrontation avoidant. So I would rather be nice to your face
0: and then not deal with the problem. I'm fake. It's fine. (laughs) And I will go looking for confrontation.
1: (laughs) I just, I was trained very well as a child to just, it wasn't worth it. The fight was not worth it. You just smile, nod, and move on.
0: Yeah, sometimes the fight isn't worth it. But sometimes it's like, you know, you know what gets me? When I'm trying to be kind to someone and Mm -hmm. they've lied to me oh, so now you think I'm stupid. See, when that happens, that's when I get crazy. It's like, you know what, I'm just trying to like, like, you're not that important to me. I'm just trying to be nice. You're gonna now you're gonna treat me like I'm stupid. Now I'm gonna come after you. Anyway, uh, don't poison the cauldron. Yeah, and I thought that was important too. If you're drinking from the well, don't mess it up. So yeah, watch your actions, watch, watch what you're putting out, because that's what's that's what you're living in if you're constantly yeah. constantly miserable and I'm gonna even say like you just want to hurt people hex people whatever that's that's your cauldron that's what you're constantly drinking from don't piss in the water yeah
1: and I, I love this like, next one. Oh no you be a jellyfish be a jellyfish that one. oh no no not yet oh, oh what's good okay. for the goose is what's good for the goose because you know what sometimes and i i know this personally but also in the community sometimes we get defensive right somebody says like oh well this is how i do it and you're like well i do it differently who fucking cares that's how they do it that's how they do it they're allowed to do it that way we don't have to get upset about it yeah that's not our business what's good for the goose is good for the goose and merry christmas to you goose you do you goo goo (laughs)
0: so yeah and here's something that i thought was was cool before saying yes to things ask yourself these questions how much energy will it involve for me to do this thing Fucking preach. <laughs> what are the likely short-term results what are the long-term implications what are the benefits mm-hmm. And do I want to do this or do I feel obligated? And that is key. I think a lot of times as witches, we feel we have to. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do anything. Like you just said, people do things differently. Why do we get, and I do this, where I'm like, well, I have to do this. I have to celebrate certain I don't think I'm ever going to celebrate my Mabon again. Screw it. You know what? I forgot it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. There are certain things in the wheel of the year. And she talks about, it's another thing that this person does too really well. Talk mm-hmm. about the wheel of the year as well, making things personal. Why do we still feel obligated? When you feel obligated, there is no joy. When do I do spells, especially spells for other people, like I just mentioned? Or do, they, do I do all my witch balls in one day? No. I do it while it feels good. And then I go, huh? I feel like going to play a video game now and I will leave after doing one knowing that I'm going to come back. When do I come back? When I feel good. Why? Because it should bring us joy. And that was another book that we read, right? Witchcraft should bring us joy. We should feel joyful. Even if you're hexing, you should feel really good about it. Like you should never be in a position where you're like, this is miserable. Why am I here? Why are you there? Don't do it. Don't do it to yourself.
1: You also, I really think, have to interrogate why you feel obligated because I know for me sometimes I feel obligated to do things because I'm going to enjoy that thing and I care about that thing but I just don't want to do it in the moment and again I'm going to be honest on the podcast whenever I have to go somewhere I'm like I don't want to do this
0: I don't wanna I know go. Mm-hmm.
1: and then I get to places and I'm like wow this is the best I'm so happy I went I'm thrilled and I love being with people so Like, all the time this happens to me.
0: I can attest to that. So we go to this market, and I just want to say you were very pregnant. You were very <laughs> nauseous. She was very sick. And all I heard was, okay, after we do this, we're going home. After we do this, we're going home. And I was like, you got it. And then I said, okay, so we finished this. Oh, no. And she started talking to people. She was the belle of the ball. She was, I was going all over the I have all to, all I have have to go place. to this place. I have to go to
1: this place. <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, in my head, I'm ready to go home. So once you tell me it's time to go home, like now I learned. Now I don't listen to her. Now she's like, I don't want to do this. We're leaving. And I go, oh, yeah, we're leaving. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, yeah, we're leaving. We're going to go. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care anymore. But that first time I really took her to word because I think it's because you were pregnant. I felt so bad. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's not feeling well. I'm watching her drive and eating these fruit things that were like, you were just like My oh, God, yes, these. the stupid thing you know the only thing she yes could i eat. had these
1: stupid little like fruit snacks because i couldn't eat real food and they're like organic wegman's
0: fruit snacks roll up things and i just want to say that she did not bring a jacket and it got cold so i gave her my jacket then Aww. she got warm she put it in the car i'm freezing she comes back i'm like where's my jacket oh i'm warm yeah but i'm not and then she proceeded to continue to be the belle of the ball. But it was, it was all yeah, funny. Different. Like, I don't, I don't really care. Yeah, it was hysterical. But like, so, and, yes. and also
1: like, you know, January 1st, I went for a walk. And originally I was like, oh, I don't want to go for a walk. I don't want. But I, I did. I did want to go for a walk. I went on the walk and I had a really nice time. So like sometimes obligation is because you want to do the thing, but you yeah. can't convince yourself to do the thing. And it's like, suck it up and do the thing. the the point of that interrogate your obligations do you feel obligated for yourself or do you feel obligated for other people
0: and i want to end with another quote yes ma'am she says first of all the last bit is called we are aradia so we've discussed that book It's a call to action. Your practice as a witch not only can affect you, but also stir amazing changes in the world around you that can help others stand up for your beliefs. And her last line, remember that these are indeed the times we were made for. Yeah. And I can't think of a more perfect way for her to end this book. It is a call to action. It is the permission you need. It is the um the personal stories that can help you connect to witchcraft you know through her stories it is knowledgeable it is kind it is funny and and it's saying now get off your ass you read the book go yeah go do you do something witch, yeah go be the witch that you want to be and if that's not the best way to start off the year
1: that's that's right? so funny because I did, um, I did my little New Year's ritual and the vibe that I got from that was very much like um, instead of New Year, New Me, it was New Year, be the bitch that you are. So like how fitting is it that this book is also be the bitch that you are except be the witch that you are.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that if you are looking for – a book that's going to inspire your craft, even if you've been doing this for a long time, because I felt for me this book inspired me. It doesn't mean that Absolutely. I'm gonna go off and be a totally different witch, but it just I don't know. It was kind of like the pet talk that you need from like a witch you respect. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like you, you need sometimes and she talks about that when she talks about oh god, what did she call them? Um oh, You're talking about the mighty I'm, dead. The mighty dead, yes. Yeah. Right. Who are the people who are these spirits? And and I'm going to say they can be alive, right? Who are the people that are going to inspire you? And I think she's an author that inspires witches. And I think that's why we come back to her. I think that's why so many of her articles, not just books, she's written a bunch of books, but also she has articles and and she does, um, you were telling me, YouTube channel.
1: Oh, yeah. She's got a YouTube. She does um, a blog post for Patheos Pagan. She edits anthologies for Llewellyn. I mean, like she's when we talk about like being in
0: community, she is she's in community. So if you're looking for that, like, big witch energy to just like get you going this year, I recommend this book. This is the book you can pick up any one of her books. I mean, I'm not saying any of the books are bad. I'm just saying this is the one that we read for now. And this is the one that's going to get you going for 2023. This is the January January book. book. You need a January book, go get it. And you know, she does mention uh, getting books from which stores whenever possible. So, you know, I I am going to encourage all of you see if this is available in your bookstore before you run to Amazon, but um, pick up the book.
1: And I know Catland had like a flood uh, at the end of the year last year. So if you can support Catland, we'd really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Support Catland. Always support Catland because they're just a great resource, even though though they are in New York. If you have one closer to you, you know, we don't want to see these places go away, which is why we're going to keep pushing the ones that we know.
1: Yeah. 10 out of 10. I loved this book. I'm happy we started the year with it.
0: Yeah. Great way to start.
1: And, and I'm got very a lot excited of surprises. Yeah, to see what we're going with next. <laughs> Taking a hard left turn.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. The books, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get, um, you know what? I think, should we give a hint? Yeah. So the only hint I'm going to give is, you know, when we talk about all these books, all these witch books, there's always this nod to, well, we don't do that. That's ceremonial magic. Oh, that's ceremonial magic. Oh, yeah? Let's talk about it. So Let's that's talk the direction we're going in. Let's talk about everything this year. And if there's something you want us to talk about, it, you just heard this and you're like, oh, you know what you guys should do? Send it our way. Perfect segue.
1: Please follow us on Instagram if you're not already, which space co. Um, I try to, I mean, I post regularly, but I am going to try to like put up a question box more regularly for you guys to submit books. That way I can kind of keep everything organized. Um, I really want to make sure that we're getting books that you want to hear. So if you have, you know, if you have suggestions, follow us on Instagram, please and thank you. Um, Shoot us a DM, tell us what you're thinking. You can also email us at whichspaceco at gmail.com. We make this for you guys. So we really appreciate all of your feedback and any further information you can provide. Thank you so much. And of course, thank you to Kano and Moore for our amazing intro and outro music. Thank you for going on this journey five years of Witchspace. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're
0: following us.